Hello, and welcome to the Bigger Than Us podcast. I'm your host, Raj Daniels, and today I'd like to welcome Tanya Peacock to the show. Tanya Peacock is a public policy and planning manager at Southern California Gas Company, also known as SoCal Gas, the largest gas distribution utility in the United States based in Los Angeles, California. Tanya has served the gas company in this role for five years. Her expertise lies in her deep understanding of policy analysis, regulatory affairs, legislative analysis, and renewable energy policy. Tanya, how are you doing today? Very well, thank you. Tanya, I'd like to open the show by asking my guests the following question. If you were asked to share something interesting about yourself, what would it be? I think an interesting bit about me is that I'm a marathon runner. And I've been running marathons for quite a few years, and it's something that I really enjoy. And I've also been able to apply my strategy for running marathons to my role at Southern California Gas Company. For me, the key to running marathons is to start out slowly, steadily, and then speed up towards the end to make it across the finish line. So there's that whole crush of people in the beginning, and then once you get through that, to not race in the beginning, but save the energy for the, uh, for the end of the race. And so, so that, that really is interesting. Sorry to interrupt, but what moved you to get into marathon running? I've been running my whole life and I just kept trying longer and longer runs. And one of the, the fun things about marathons is the community of people who are running but then also the great people along the sidelines who cheer you along. And it's just this kind of amazing feeling of being supported by the people in the race and also along the sides. And I love your strategy for two reasons. Um, first, for a selfish reason is that I kind of feel the same way about many things in life also. Um, I used to play racquetball quite a bit and you know it's usually best out of five. And I would inevitably use, lose the first or second games. But then through the middle, when my opponent got a little bit tired, a little bit weary, the last two or three games were almost always mine. And I really, you know, use that to my advantage. And I also feel that way about life in a sense that I feel like sometimes you see people that, are, you know, come out the gate and I've got friends and other people in the you know, community here. They come out of the gate and they're, you know, perhaps valedictorian or they've given it all in their first few years of life, meaning high school, college. And later in life, when you catch up with them, they've kind of like almost like worn out. And I've very intentionally taken, a, you know, a different view and kind of been slowly, steadily, slow, steadily. But I found that as the years mount up, the momentum is gaining. So I agree with your strategy from both perspectives. Exactly. And, and how it relates to my work at Southern California Gas Company. So a key focus of my current role is working on the policies that are going to be needed to decarbonize our energy systems, but really a focus on the gas distribution system. And so this work has kind of started off slowly, but it's been rapidly gaining interest. And that's where I see the parallel to marathon running. That it used to be just a few of us out there talking about how gas utilities can really play a role in helping California meet its uh, climate goals. And now there are more and more people in California, but also in other states and countries looking at how you can 
decarbonize fuels, utilize the existing gas system, and help meet the climate goals. So since you brought up so again, SoCal. Similar to marathon running, I would just say quickly, is that there's now there's this whole community of us out there working on these issues. Absolutely. So since you brought up SoCal, can you give the audience a brief overview of SoCal and some of the steps they're taking to decarbonize? Absolutely. So SoCal Gas is the largest natural gas distribution company in the U.S. And so our service territory goes from the Mexican border with a little carve out for San Diego up to about Bakersfield, so about half the state. We have over 6 million meters and the customer base that we deliver to is around 22 million, over 22 million people. So very large service territory and we deliver natural gas to pretty much all of, all of the southern half of the state. And in terms of what we're doing in term to decarbonize our system, we are looking at how you can, looking at the way that the renewable portfolio standard in California really transformed the renewable electricity industry and looking to see if you get similar policy mechanisms in place for the gas system requiring gas utilities to buy increasing amounts of renewable gas that you could then transform, then you can decarbonize the pipeline and help develop the renewable natural gas industry. So how have you seen your customers or your end consumers, you know, respond or react to this conscious movement of decarbonization? Well, at the from the gas perspective, it's it's the conversation has mostly been within policy circles. So people who are involved in energy policy and climate policy. We are in the process of trying to get approval to offer a voluntary RNG tariff to our customers. So customers could choose to buy a certain amount of renewable natural gas to replace traditional gas and once we get approval for that service, then I, there will be growing awareness more generally in our customer base, I think. But I think most people at this point, most customers are not aware of the potential of renewable natural gas to decarbonize the natural gas system. And how long have you been with SoCal? I've been with SoCal Gas for about 25 years. So that's amazing. and much volumes about SoCal, what's a couple of things that keep you there? SoCal Gas is a, it's a, it's a great place to work, great people, and I have had a whole series of interesting and challenging roles at SoCal Gas. That's fantastic. Staying engaged. Yes. So Tanya, one of the things I like to focus on is, you know, the, the why behind what you do. There's, there's an opportunity cost as such where you could be doing something else. And you kind of mentioned the interesting projects, but you know, what drives you to stay with this mission? Overall, what drives me to stay with this mission is the fact that I believe that, that SoCal Gas can play a key role in meeting California's ambitious environmental goals. Uh, we've, a lot of us may be aware of the recent report that came out from the inter governmental panel on climate change and you know basically the next 10 years are going to be key 
globally to helping prevent some of the, basically keeping global temperatures, um, the global temperature rise to below 1.5 degrees Celsius. So because that's such an urgent issue, decarbonizing all of our energy use, so cleaning up the electricity supply and then also decarbonizing gas and juices is, is really going to be key to making, achieving these goals. And honestly, I can't think of anything more important than helping develop policies to combat climate change. Have you always been this enthusiastic about climate change? I worked, I did a lot of work in um, when the cap and trade program in California was just getting started. So California has a carbon market where it's actually not free to emit carbon. So large customers participate in the cap and trade system on their own and smaller customers, the utilities uh, participate on their behalf. And so I, that's when I got the most involved in climate policy. And ever since then, I've been very interested and very passionate about figuring out how, how to decarbonize natural gas. Now, tying it back to your marathon running for a moment, you spend a lot of time outdoors. Where are some of the places that you've run that you've looked around and said, I just like to keep this place as pristine as possible? Oh, all over. Um, but one of my play favorite places to go for long runs is Griffith Park, uh, sort of in the center of Los Angeles. And you see, so you can, you can get away from the hustle and bustle of the city. There are lots of great trails and roads. And you see all kinds of people out there hiking and running. And I definitely want to make sure that that place stays, uh, it, it's not a pristine place, but it's a great outdoor, wild, uh, it, it's a great resource for people who live in Los Angeles to be outside. And also there's a lot of wildlife, hawks and owls, and coyotes. Sounds beautiful. This is downtown Los Angeles? It's a little bit, it's a northwest of downtown Los Angeles. Okay. Well, next time in town, I'll check it out for sure. You should. So, Tanya, switching gears a little bit, you know, a question I like to ask my uh, guest is, if you could share some advice or words of wisdom with the audience, what would it be? Well, since we're talking about energy policy, I would encourage people to, and energy isn't something that typically people are very interested in. We want to flip the switch and have the lights go on. We want to be able to turn on the stove and be able to cook our food or turn on our furnace and have our homes be warm. And we don't really think about where that energy comes from. And I would encourage us to, to people to, to, because climate is such an urgent issue and energy use is a uh, something that we've got to address in order to achieve our climate goals, to think a little bit more beyond the, the simple solutions and understand where energy comes from and the different types of energy and to keep an open mind about the future of energy, that there isn't any sort of simple answer. It's, uh, the easy soundbite is solar wind with battery, solar and wind electricity with battery storage. But honestly, we're not going to be able to provide enough energy to power our economy and um, 
with just those resources. So it's we, we need all of the above and renewable gas. When I say renewable gas, I mean biomethane from organic sources and that the methane has been captured and put into the pipeline. And then also increasingly hydrogen, that people are starting to uh, look at the opportunities for creating hydrogen from excess wind and solar energy, but it can also be created in other ways as well. But using that to decarbonize thermal end uses. So that's my that's my advice. Is it's an important issue. People need to think about it a little bit more. And there aren't easy solutions. There's a fair amount of complexity to it. In this day and age, I think. You know, we often want to try to solve problems with sound bites, but in this case, that's not going to work. And one other thing I think I heard you say, or maybe I'm just listening in between the lines, is that perhaps customers, consumers should be either more aware of where their energy is coming from or perhaps ask. Is that correct? I, I would say yes. They need to be more aware, and if they have questions, they should ask. Um, like there, there's a, in, in, I'm using California as the example because that's where I live and work and most of the policy that I work on is California policy. But it's, it, as I mentioned earlier, other states are looking at policies and around the world they're looking at policies to decarbonize thermal energy use. And so these policies are being developed by elected officials and then also appointed officials. So you have regulation, which kind of sets the high level, sorry, legislation where the high level goals are set. And then you have regulation um, to implement the legislation. And so because energy is so key to all of our lives, the people making these decisions need to get input from a broader array of stakeholders so that the solutions that are developed are really going to meet the needs of everyone. And that's what is behind my, my advice to, to get more involved and engaged and educated about energy uses, because that's going to be really key to meeting our climate goals. And we all have to work together to address the climate change challenge. You know, as you were saying that, I just think to myself, just how you know, you mentioned sw switching the light on and, you know, just power showing up, but just over time, how almost disconnected we've become from where the energy comes from. And I was thinking about, I wonder if the, now I don't know about SoCal, but I, I, I use a co-op here locally. Next time I open up the bill, they still send paper bills, you know, opening the bill and seeing if there's anything in there regarding where the energy is coming from or, you know, sources of energy. I think from a consumer engagement, consumer education standpoint, that is going to become more popular over time, especially when individuals have the opportunity to switch between providers, because I think that um, that will allow them to, you know, vote with their dollars and their values, essentially. Exactly. Does, um, does SoCal do any kind of education programs with their consumers right now? We do a lot of work to make sure that consumers are aware of all the ways that they can save energy. So energy efficiency is a really important part of what we do. And we have programs, uh, including rebates on energy efficient appliances. We have um, uh, 
energy audits where consumers can figure out, can look at their energy usage, and then we can help make suggestions as to how, you know, what, what types of improvements they can make to save energy. So most of our, our education has to do with um, what consumers is, can, can do with respect to their individual energy use. We recently did come out with a commitment to replace 20% of our gas with renewable gas by 2030 and to start talking more more broadly on you know not just at conferences with people who are energy and interested in energy policy but working on getting that message out more broadly engaging our customers and helping them understand what renewable gas is and why it's going to be a key part of our of the of a key aspect of addressing climate change. Well, SoCal sounds like a very progressive company, and I'm guessing that's probably another reason why you've stayed with them so long. Yes. Well, that's fantastic. You are right. Well, Tanya, thank you so much for joining us today. Are there any last words you'd like to share with the audience? Thank you very much for this opportunity to talk a little bit about my career and my interests, and uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you, Tanya. You have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too.